Hey, everybody. Tonight on the Fanatic Forum, my guest Seth Moore and I will be talking about what? I don't know. I mean, it's an open forum night, so we can talk about whatever we want. What do you guys want to talk about? We're going to find out about that right after this. Tonight, we have no plan. That's right. We're going to take the old uh, Leonard Snart uh, handbook there. And, you know, you, you, you make a plan. You expect the plan to fail. The plan does fail. You make a new plan. It's something like that. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a good quoter. Anyway, so my guest, Seth Moore, and I are my junior fanatic. We'll be talking about whatever we want. So let's bring off the said junior fanatic himself here. Seth Moore, come on down, sir. Hi. Good to see you, man. How you oh, doing? glad to be yeah, glad to be back. Thank <laughs> you for having me again. <laughs> I was like, wow, that almost came out really bad. Yes, that's but okay. yeah. <laughs> but. Good having you on here, sir. Good <laughs> you Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me back. It, oh, I always right. enjoy it. Well, you know what? I mean, it's you know, I figured you know, I have no no plan tonight, nothing in particular to talk about. So, uh, you know, let's see, let's. Yeah. I, f I figured worst comes to worst, we could just do it like the Loveline show from the 90s, where we would just oh. wait for people to call in with whatever problem. <laughs> well, we've already got comments already here, because uh, our buddies on the Serial Box Network saying, hello there, fanatics. Good to see y'all. What's up? Yeah, and uh, uh, we've got some uh, comic book recommendations. Of course, we're going to be doing here in just a second. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like... You know, there's some things that have actually popped up newsworthy, so we can talk about that. And, you know, some new cool streaming stuff's going on right now, none of which we've seen, but, of course, they just premiered today, so. I mean, yeah, we can I mean, still have opinions about it. That's right. <laughs> yeah, all kinds of people make opinions about things that they've never seen or experienced, but they have an opinion about it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and we love those people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anywho, so wait, well, hey, well, I got some complex I want to show off here. So uh, if you don't mind, we can do that. I am here. eager to see what you got. All right, we'll start with the indies here. So I uh, got some cool stuff here. A couple of number ones here uh, from AWA. Uh, this book's called Sacrament. Uh, Pete Milligan uh, doing this one here. Uh, if you uh, love this X Factor run, yeah. Uh, I actually and, uh, ha I have that. Uh, because my comic book guy, whenever he ships me pa or comic books, he packages them with the damaged books, and he had a damaged copy of that and wrapped the, my current shipment in that issue. So <laughs> I, I do have it. Yeah, uh, this is really cool. Uh, great art in here. So, yeah, very cool stuff. But the whole premise is 
Uh, it is basically twenty nine ninety nine. Uh, we have, as they say in the book, escaped Earth. Uh, you know, so we've ventured out into the cosmos, uh, and in a way, we've taken religion with us, but it's not welcome everywhere. So it's almost kind of like being, you know, a Christian or having that Christian faith or whatnot. It's kind of like an outlaw once again, you know, and so. Uh, so we're dealing a little bit with that, but it's also dealing with the fact that, yes, while maybe religion has also gone out in the cosmos, we haven't left our demons on Earth either. And so it's very much hardcore kind of sci-fi, but then take in like The Exorcist, uh, you know, put in there. Uh, and our lead character is a priest who is basically uh, severely lacking in faith. So... Hmm. Uh, and it's really cool because they, you know, like uh, Peter Milligan kind of, you know, parses down like, uh, you know, you're, if you, you have a belief system in, you know, any kind of religion or whatever else, it's actually a certain part of your brain that, you know, registers that and that can be removed and suddenly, hey, guess what? You don't have any, you know, you don't have any religion anymore. So, right, right. It, it's a, a very interesting premise, great art. And of course, if you're a horror fan, they definitely go within the demon kind of stuff. Uh, though it's a little subtle at first. So, yeah, it, it, it's worth a look for a second issue there. So Nice. Uh, another number one here, this one from Image, Golden Rage. I've been waiting for this one to come out. Uh, the premise on this one is basically there is an island where women of a certain age are being sent, and they have to basically learn to survive. It's kind of like, it's, it's literally Golden Girls meets Lord of the Flies. <laughs> I was imagining but, uh, Battle Royale. But <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, a little Battle Royale in there, too. Yeah, uh, Christy Williams is the writer on it. Lauren Knight uh, does the art. Uh, but, yeah, let's see. Yeah, so some very cool art here. So a little reminiscent of, uh, oh, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, like, Charles Mooneyham a little bit. Or, uh, right on, yeah. Yeah, there, there's a few people it reminds me of. But, yeah, so but so far, so good. Uh, basically, uh, the our lead character is... You know, seems to be younger than everyone else on the island, but somehow <coughs> she on the island. Oh, excuse you. Sorry. Uh, she appeared on the island, and uh, you know, it's kind of like what's going on here. So she's kind of been taken under the wing and whatnot. So yeah, there's yeah, interesting stuff there going on. Uh, another one from Image. This is issue three of the Closet uh, from James Tinian, and this is a really cool book here. Um, I was going to say that whole- cover is creepy as all get out. Yeah, I know. Great stuff here. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Fuller, Gavin Fullerton does the art. So, yeah. Great stuff here. But uh, this one's basically a uh, young boy is terrorized by a closet monster, and his parents are going through some turbulent times as well, and they decide they're going to be moving cross-country. You know, so, like, they're, they, I think they lived in California, and they're moving to the East Coast. Uh, and basically everybody's like, oh, well, we're moving. You, you, you don't have to worry about that closet monster. Well, the monster came with them. So, oh. but it's kind of, you know, is the monster real or is the monster an allegory for the child dealing with the trauma of his parents, you know, dealing with it? It's, it's yeah, it's some, some interesting parallels there, but yeah. it, it, there's still some very good horror elements, but you're not entirely sure is this all real or is it in the child's head or what's going on? So, Interesting. Yeah, no, yeah, very cool stuff here. Uh, from Marvel, I got another trio here. A facsimile reprint of 
Tales of Suspense number 57. Ooh. The very first appearance of Hawkeye. Well. Yeah. So I always like those. Oh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say, I just always like those versions of the books that they were just reprinted them to yeah. pretty much exactly as how they were. Yeah, and this is cool because, of course, like they have, you know, you can get your genuine shark tooth for only $1.75 <laughs> or you can sell grits. <laughs> yeah, so grit is a product. Yes. Well, actually, grit was a newspaper. Oh. Yeah. Wow, yeah, it was a newspaper yeah. you could sell, and if you sold enough subscriptions and you know made your money back, you can you know earn prizes and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, the one that I really remember uh, was uh, the captain or Captain A or whatever, and he had like his you know all the pictures, the tiny pictures of the prizes that you could win, and it was like a bike and a Nintendo and a boombox and a makeup kit or you know versus however much crap you sold to your neighbors. You know, never knew of anyone that actually did any of that stuff, but yeah, I, 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 yeah. I had a paper route for an actual newspaper in New Albany, so I did that for about a year and a half. So that was my first job, and that helped yeah. fund a lot of cool stuff. So, well, yeah, uh, Serial Box Network's got a couple of comic recommendations for us as well here. Uh, saying Nick's Champion of Shazam was a good read, all right. So, yeah, and uh, also uh, Moon Knight 14 was captivating, and I agree. <laughs> and you and, and, and see, that, thank you, Serial Box Network. That was, was probably, I don't know if that's Johnny or Kaylee on there, or, or Kaylee, but uh, either way. Uh, yeah, Moon Knight number 14 is awesome. Uh, this is kind of the issue we've been waiting for, if you've been reading the current Dead McKay run, because Mark has definitely been the main personality in control of things he's trying to kind of have a little bit more of a sane legitimate kind of you know business of helping out supernaturally inclined people sort of thing you know help the travelers of the night you know sort of stuff as a moon knight should right, uh, right. but missing are the other personality jake lockley stephen grant have been kind of mia throughout the whole series now we're finding out why uh basically everybody's having a conversation you know and so yeah, this is really cool. You get you basically just get like this three-way conversation between everybody and kind of everybody's in their own little worlds and, you know, how it is. So the, I, I almost kind of wonder if the show helped kind of inspire a little bit of that separation. But, yeah, there's a definite separation now between the three personalities. So, but, right. yeah, I agree. Serial Box Network, Moon Knight 14 is definitely worth a read. So uh, let's see here. Oh, another question here. Uh I haven't been reading once in the future. Um, I've got the first trade. I haven't read it yet, but I've been oh. high, high recommendations on it. So I just got into something is killing the children. So I read the first trade of that. I've got the second one over there. So yeah, I've, I've got I will second there. once in future like that. I'm reading that series right now. That is it, it, it's fantastic. I love the writer of that. He's the same guy is that wrote Die. Uh, what, what Kieran Gillen. Yeah, Kieran Gillian or yeah, uh, Gillian or yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm probably Butcher. horribly mis yeah, because I, I think he's Irish and I know that they yeah. I yeah, yeah I can't pronounce my stupid American tongue. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but, you, but you're right though. Uh, yeah, I, I've been getting 
a lot of recommendations for once in future. So, uh, so I have not read it yet, but I have every intention because the book is in the house. There you go. Nice. So that, I, that and something that's killing each other might be what I've been reading this weekend. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> oh, oh, and Johnny's got to go because he's got a date with a ghost. Ghosts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, always appreciate a Ghostbusters quote. Well, and, and the funny thing is that uh, he's not kidding um, because he does ghost tours. Uh, in, oh. the, uh, in the Nashville area. So um, I, John's going to hate me on this one, but I'm not, I can't remember what his business name is for his ghost tours, but John Pica and his ghost tours in Nashville, look him up because he's awesome. He knows a lot about the area, knows a lot about the history. So you get a good lesson, you get good stories, and hey, maybe you might see something. Yeah? Right. And speaking of ghosts. Ghost Rider. <laughs> Yeah, this one is issue number five. Um, the, just uh, love this one. Benjamin Percy's been the, uh, been writing this one. Love the series so far. Uh, this is dealing with a uh, a motorcycle race, kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and like everybody's involved. I mean, you're like, you know, there's Blade, there's Dracula, the Man Thing, Rhino. Um, Doom's in there, Moon Knight, <laughs> Wolverine is in here. There's all sorts of people involved in this this big race here. But, yeah, a really fun issue. Um, and, of course, you kind of find out finally who the person is that's been behind Johnny Blaze's recent troubles. Because, basically, he kind of has a lot of blackout moments where he doesn't remember where he is, what he's doing. And especially when the writer comes out, the writer completely takes over almost to the point where like Johnny himself feels like he's possibly like tainted with something. And the writer tries to separate himself from this and still do his job, but he's also kind of held back at the same time. So there's kind of a lot of supernatural shenanigans going on. Uh, In this issue, finally, who's behind that. Uh, But the fun thing is that next month we get double shot at Ghost Rider because you get, uh, you know, issue six coming out, but then there's the Ghost Rider Vengeance Forever uh, special, which is kind of celebrating Ghost Riders, I think is 50th anniversary? I think so, yes. I think he's celebrating 50 years, uh, and so it's, I think it's going to kind of go throughout his history, but still tie in a little bit what's going on, so but it's going to be a standalone there celebrating the anniversary of Ghost Rider, so. Awesome. That'll be cool. Yeah. Hi, Ryan Permiston is watching. Good to see you, sir. Hello, sir. Yeah. Oh, and hey, you know what? Uh, Brian actually brings up a good topic there. Joker 2's announcement. (laughs) Um, You know what, though? Uh, I disagree with Ryan on this one because uh, I enjoyed the Joaquin Phoenix Joker. And if they kind of stick with basically the same tone, Add in Lady Gaga as more than likely Dr. Harleen Quinzel. Um, I'm totally down for that. You know, because uh, I mean, you know, it's, it was it the uh, uh, my French is terrible, but basically the it translates into Joker Madness of Two. So, yeah, something like that, I think. Yeah, so well, my translation of that's much better than me actually saying you know Folly Abdu or something like that. But yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so anyway, I'm, I'm totally down to see that. I mean, we just got a little teaser right now, but you know, yeah, I, Joker is not a multiple view kind of movie. It's a very good movie, but it's not an easy movie. So I don't know. So I, I, 
I'd be willing to check that out. And yes, uh, poor Batgirl. Uh, we, we definitely talk. I, I don't know what's going on at Warner Brothers. If we're, you know, if they if they took a bullet for us and said, okay, this movie maybe isn't as good as it should be, so we're shelving it. Um, I don't know. I mean, because this oh. is based off like, I mean, it's based off one test screen that earned a sixty percent. Okay, uh, like okay, here's here's me here. Like I have opinions now, so I'm sorry that the rest of your show will be taken up with my blabbering nonsense. Uh, so, uh, a long time ago, I have I have said that Warner Brothers only makes good superhero movies on accident, and it has it is proven true most of the time because you know you got your Superman seventy eight, you got your Batman eighty nines, but then you got your Batman and Robins, you got your Superman threes, you got your you know, all sorts of nonsense, you know. You're talking about a company that wanted to make a Green Lantern movie where Jack Black was uh, the Green Lantern and Eddie Murphy was his talking ring. And, like, that that was seriously discussed at one point. Like, I kid you not, I actually started doing research on a book for all the bad comic book movies Warner Brothers was about to make. Because, it, seriously, there is a book out there, and it, it is going to be incredible. Uh, oh, yeah. But it, just because Warner Brothers... they. <sighs> They they can do Batman just fine. Like yeah. they've kind of can do Superman to an extent because they basically just retread the same formula they've done. Uh, once you get out of that, then Warner Brothers is you know they're flailing around with something. They they happen to have like the second Suicide Squad was a hit, you know, yeah. versus you know what the the first movie was. And I I didn't even think the first movie was that bad to be honest. Like it was, as far as Warner Brothers DC movies are concerned. It's in the top, you know, the top third, easily. Yeah, uh, I say the James Gunn Suicide Squad kills the first one, though. Uh, I oh, think oh, a, yeah, by far. I mean, it's a it's yeah. a much better movie. I'd, I'd be hella interested to see the air cut, or or to at least read the script of uh, yeah. what the original Suicide Squad movie was. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah. But and, and now Warner Brothers, though, to their credit, in, in times past, they have gone back and given directors the opportunity to give more of their vision like they did it with superman 2 with richard donner they did it with the snyder cut you know right. that whole deal it's we're gonna see this batgirl movie at some point number one number two it's gonna be it, it can't be as bad as some of the other stuff that they have released like it's i mean i'm, I'm saying like you're talking about a company that you know they've got this flash movie that they basically have to release and that thing is gonna make it when it's a pr disaster you know, that's just, it's a time bomb waiting to explode in their lap, and it's already going off just in very slow motion. Oh, but, yeah. you know, your, your lead star, uh, as far as I know, is still considered MIA. Like, he's out of the country and out of contact with a lot of people. Right. Uh, I don't know if he's still in the presence of a minor, but he basically took a minor, I think, overseas. And, of course, there's been, like, the instance in Hawaii where he's, like, been harassing other people. It's It's... Ezra Miller is not having a good day. And I no. Don't and, and the interesting thing is it seems like maybe, you know, uh, I think his pronouns are they. So I've got yeah. I, I think they're, you know, maybe going through some, maybe some mental crisis or something like that because Grant Morrison got to know him fairly well when they were collaborating, I think, initially on, you know, the, the movie. And Grant is very surprised by Ezra's behavior. I said, this isn't the fellow, this isn't the fellow I, you know, met. You know, right. So 
I, no, I'm no. sorry, I have to I have to take care of a dog issue real quick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see here, though. Uh, I'm going to answer uh, one of Ryan's other questions he's got here. Favorite old pulp characters and why? Um, basically, pulp characters, I mean, I definitely grew up on a lot of Flash Gordon stuff. Um, I didn't grow up on I, I, the Buck Rogers TV show. I watched it, uh, but outside of the show, I haven't really watched, you know, done any more Buck Rogers exploration there because almost kind of like if you go Flash Gordon first, why Buck Rogers? Uh, but as for like a lot of the other pulp heroes, uh, definitely the Shadow and the Phantom. always like their stuff. The Shadow definitely is cool. So, uh, do you have any favorite pulp characters, Seth? Oh, so uh, a huge Conan the Barbarian fan. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah Conan. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the Conan, H.P. Lovecraft stuff. Uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs. He was a he was he was technically a pulp too. Yeah. Um, the uh, the Elric the Elric series started as pulps. I was a really big fan of. I like the crime pulps, like the twenties and thirties kind of you know, like the Shadow and you know the Spider and all that stuff. I think you were mm -hmm. mentioning him, but but yeah. my my pulp fandom usually goes more towards the sword and sorcery and like the. The, the cheap gritty novels like where you know men are you know just giant and muscular you know women are in like chain bikinis and I'm not trying to sound misogynistic whenever I say it, you know that but you know it's you know what you're getting with you know with these stories but those are my preferred things Solomon Kane too I don't know if I mentioned him something about him is like super cool just the whole Puritan like you know the the one track mind Puritan, like you know, you're he he was Judge Dredd in you know, he was basically the, a zealot. He yeah, was. yeah, he, he yeah, he, oh yeah, he was totally a zealot, but he oh, was yeah. he had yeah his own morality and that you know he was going to go and kill a bunch of heathens and you know it's just fantastic stuff, but yeah, I mean, totally not he, PC stuff that would go like there's some of that stuff that would never like translate well today at all, but oh, like no, I think. No. That, yeah, I can't. There's one Solomon Kane story where uh, it's uh, it's Solomon Kane, and he's like, you know, going with this Protestant Christian ideology, and then he meets a Muslim, and they have this giant battle, and they're basically insulting each other in the most racist ways possible <laughs> while they're fighting about whose God is truer. But <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, and I've always, you know, I've definitely said, especially with the Conan stuff, Robert E. Howard almost kind of like was a bit of a feminist before there was a feminist because yeah. you know, with all of his stories, you know, you would have multiple types of women. You would either have like, you know, the damsel in distress that were basically completely useless. Maybe wasn't that good of a nice of a person. Like he was annoyed by her, you know, and, but he still helped her out. Or right. Have, hey Moxley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, sorry. Oh, you're yeah, not Hey, my, my cats pop up on here every now and then, so and defer me. <laughs> okay. Uh, but it, then you would have like the other types of women where he would be like they were the damsel in distress, but all of a sudden they could like fend for themselves, and then you know he used them, you know, like oh well you're you know you're a partner now, okay, we'll we'll go get out of here together. But then right. you also have the women like Sonia and Belit and Valeria, which these are women he sees as his equals. Yeah. Um, yeah, or even Belite, almost like maybe she's up here. Yeah, above him, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, you know, the only woman he ever loved, the Pirate of the Black Coast. <laughs> yeah, it was such a uh, good story, too. I know, yeah. So, yeah, actually, I always, yeah, I always said that, you know, 
Rowdy Howard's a good feminist because he had he had very good uses for for female characters in his stories. He wasn't just they were they weren't just one note scantily clad ladies. Like sometimes right. like, oh, this chick actually can survive on her own and be capable of whatnot. She's not what she seems to be. Or then you got the other ones like, oh, this one's a complete badass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think where that really starts to come in, like where people start to get that that idea was from the movies and like even the comic books originally. Like they mm-hmm. the the female presence was kind of toned down because I mean they were trying to sell them to twelve you know fourteen year old boys, you know, yeah. But. Uh, oh, a couple of DC books I want to share with y'all real quick here. Uh, next issue of Dark Crisis is out, issue three here. Nice. Uh, the last stand of uh, Hal Jordan on this one here. So that's Pariah in the background. Uh, but yeah, this has been kind of fun so far. This I think. Issue three is the last issue before it's essentially revealed in the next issue that this is a sequel to Dark uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. So then the name will be changed Dark Crisis on Infinite Earths. So, okay. Yeah. Um, uh, if you've been reading the current um, uh, Beyond the White Knights uh, Batman series, uh, they've now got a spinoff based on Red Hood. Oh man, uh, I'm so far behind on that. I need to catch up. This is the third series in the White Knight series. So basically now they've introduced the Batman Beyond, the Terry McGinnis character into this universe. Okay. Uh, honestly, this is probably the best of the... I mean, the, the original series is great, uh, but this one is really, really good. And of course, the spinoff, I think, is... I don't know if it's supposed to be five or six issues. But either way, though, uh, same creative team on here. Uh, but yeah, get to see kind of the history of this jason todd which is a little different than the uh the original jason todd so right right there's a slightly you know different universe here different timelines whatnot here kind of a different world but yeah so a good book here uh, worth checking out and last but not least definitely talk about issue one of this from the dc <laughs> black label but issue two of aquaman andromeda this is basically a aquaman horror series that's why it's on the black label um Highest recommendation. I mean, this the art uh, is gorgeous in here. So that is um, nice. Writer Christian Ward uh, does the art, but yeah, so just some really really cool stuff here. So, uh, but yeah, this series is creepy as all get out. Uh, and the first issue kind of teased Black Manta's involvement in the storyline. Issue two is this full-on Black Manta action. So yeah, uh, and that cover for issue two is just fantastic. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So and I got your issue as well. So you got got you a copy. I appreciate so. that. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the benefits of having a best friend who works in a comic store. Yeah. <laughs> what, what you need? Okay, I'll get that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you need 47 copies of the next 8 billion genies. I understand. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's a book here. So, Carolyn wants to say hi. Oh, hi, Carolyn. So, all right. Well, we've talked about comics. So, just a second here. We're going to take a break and uh, acknowledge our sponsor, Comic Books for Kids. So, we'll be back in just a moment. Comic Books for Kids provides comic books to kids in hospitals and cancer centers across the U.S. It's a place where we can all work together to make sure every child has a comic book. 100% of all proceeds go towards the kids. It's about making a difference, and while they're in the hospital, allowing them to fly like a superhero, battle dragons, or rescue teddy bears. 
We are in every state in the country and now support over 160 hospitals. Every month, we add more. Visit CB4K.org. And we're back. Woohoo! So it's open forum time now. So we're, we've already started talking about anything we want to, and now we're definitely going to talk about it. Uh, but yeah, so mentioned earlier, there's new streaming stuff to enjoy. Uh, started today, the Sandman series on Netflix. Uh, which I've heard nothing but good things about. I have too. Uh, matter of fact, uh, the shop owner was watching it uh, in the shop while I was processing stuff. So it sounded good. Um yeah, I don't know what episode he was on, but uh, yes, I heard some. I heard some stuff, but uh, yeah. he was like him because he's a big Sandman fan. So, um, but uh, yeah, I wonder uh, if it's going to be anything like the uh, that leaked script that came out like you know fifteen years, twenty years ago, something like that. I got all excited because it was like I went through this phase in college where I was downloading movie scripts and I found like the 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 Sandman pitch script and read that and it would have been it would have been bad, but. Not not as bad as the original Hellblazer pitch script, but was but yeah who, but I I, I'm glad. That, oh yeah, the, yeah. The original Hellblazer script uh, started out with a car chase where Constantine was driving and in, uh, in New York City. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So if that gives you any indication of yeah how well that was going, Johnny don't drive exactly. <laughs> Oh my goodness! You know, yeah, I mean, of course it can't be any worse than Superman with no cape and a pet polar bear. Yeah, that is true. Oh, I'm man. so oh. glad. See, that's what I was talking. That that was what I was talking about. Warner Brothers making good superhero movies on accident, and <laughs> it's it's not like that. You know, it, whenever okay, even think about when Batman Begins came out. Like you know, people were wonder like people were worried that the audiences would be confused that the the timeline didn't match up. Like, they were wondering how Christian Bale be, was, uh, went from Val Kilmer to Christian Bale. Like, that was a genuine concern with people at the time. <laughs> it, it's, that's not a concern, folks. This is a whole new, you know, kettle of fish here. I mean, right. with the concern that we went from Michael Keaton to Val Kilmer and then Val Kilmer to George Clooney. I mean, come on. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, it was Clooney to... Christian Bale, but yeah, like people were people were trying to figure out how Batman Begins fit with Batman and Robin, and like yeah, it's just yeah, it's its own thing, baby. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let's see here. Oh, uh, another uh, uh, actually a movie this time, not a series, but uh, that premiered on Hulu uh, today is Prey, the new Predator movie. Uh, apparently, that, it's getting great reviews. That looks so cool. I can't wait to yeah. see it. Like Predator is one of those that like franchises that you should just be able to take one and drop them at any point in time, and it would make a very interesting movie because you could have like you know like this one, you know, Predator in the uh, Predator in the Old West, you know, kind of thing, or you know, Predator in ancient Egypt, or you know, Predator in feudal Japan. You know, you could just do anything with it, and I would watch it, and I think it would be fantastic. So I'm super excited I mean, about this one. I mean, Dark Horse back in the day had some of the best comics. You know, for you know, Predator. oh yeah, some, you know, kind of you know, pseudo sequels to the movies because they had the character of Dutch's younger brother, who was a New York cop, who apparently like you know, some New York cops I guess can bench, bench press buses because this dude yeah. basically looked. It was kind of like they basically cast Dolph Lundgren as you know Dutch's younger brother. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't um, that actually the case that they were trying to do that with Predator Two at one point? Yeah, yeah. Was, 
Dutch's younger brother or whatnot. So it was what the story of Concrete Jungle, the first Predator comic that came out of Dark Horse, was going to be Predator 2, and then they decided to change it. So Yeah, okay. They kept some of the things, like it's, you know, it's Los Angeles, somewhat in the future, and there was a record heat wave going on. That and, and and basically predators fighting against LA cops. Yeah, that's those are based on the similarities they left. You know, so but uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, of course, like uh, one I always like was um, uh, Cold War, which basically is the predator gets off course and crash lands into Siberia. So basically, the thing the predators hate the most is the cold, and that's got a hunt in it. Yeah, you know? oh, that would that would be uh, awesome. Yeah, so, or, you know, so it's yeah. I, like, I'm with you. You can stick a predator in any period, any you know setting or whatever else, and you can probably get a decent story out of it as long as you kind of just follow the rules. And there you go. Right. You know, and I to be truthful, like I didn't even hate the uh, the Robert Rodriguez produced one, Predators. I think that oh, yeah, was the I one. That one. Yeah, I thought that was fantastic. I thought it was a great idea too. It's like you know, just this predator game preserve planet. Like <laughs> that's a simple idea that writes itself too. It's probably my favorite sequel. You know, if you take you know that one, Predator Two, and the Predator that came out a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. Predator probably my favorite sequel. Um, just because it feels a lot more, you know, like Predator Two was fun, but it was there was almost a little too much comedy in there. Yeah. Now, they, they, I think it's what for me what took it to I mean, because I, you know I like Danny Glover, I like Gary Busey, so you know I like all the actors that are in the movie. It just right. I think it's a little too silly, so I don't know. Yeah, they, there was some stuff that just always struck me as weird as a kid, like whatever they have the they're checking out the spearhead and the the lady analyzing. It's like it has almost no weight, and it was like, what does that even mean? Like you know, would you, like that was the stuff that would just stick in my head, like with dumb lines that didn't make sense in the movie. Then, like, that was my hangups with it, and yeah, yeah, we couldn't just understand that this metal doesn't pop up on any known metals on this planet, yeah, just could have that, yeah, you know, you know, or even just say, Oh, wow, that's oddly balanced, too, or, you know, right? Like, yeah, no, it's like it has almost no weight, so it's like, Why is it even staying in my hand and not just bouncing everywhere because you know it has no weight, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, let's see here. Uh, actually, some interesting wrestling news. Of course, we know, we know Vince is gone from WWE, yep. and Triple H is now in creative control, and I think we're already starting to see some result of that. Yeah, stuff like, I was hearing that we wouldn't expect to be seeing stuff for six to eight weeks, but yeah, we're definitely seeing stuff from instantaneously, it seems, especially with, like, you know, who he's bringing back, like, uh, with Sasha, or not Sasha, uh, Dakota Bailey, Kai. yeah, Dakota Kai and Io Shirai, or she's Io Sky now, but yeah, you know. but yeah, Bailey's been on the shelf and waiting to come back, and so they finally bring her back in. But yeah, like you know, Io got Io wasn't necessarily gone from the company, but she wasn't on TV anymore, so she yeah. was kind of like in this weird kind of nexus. But then on the other hand, Dakota Kai was actually released last year, and Triple H always liked her, so got her back. <laughs> So now you got this really oddly balanced, you know, roster of women on Raw versus SmackDown. It's like SmackDown yeah. like four women, and whereas Raw <laughs> a whole bunch on here. So yeah, not about that, but um, but yeah, of course. And then like you know, other little things pop up. Like yours, we always hear you know that Vince had certain words 
that he didn't like to use backstage, on air, whatever else. That yeah. Be, like he didn't like to use the word wrestler or wrestling. It's you know sports entertainment. And those are superstars or yeah, WWE superstars. Yeah. yeah. Uh, guess which two words are now allowed to be used backstage and on air? Wrestler, <laughs> wrestler, and wrestling. And wrestling. <laughs> yeah, they uh, also heard they had a weird thing about uh, you. You had to, you couldn't call it a strap. Uh, you couldn't go, or call it a belt. Yeah, yeah, or, like the word belt. Yeah, and but for some Cody reason, on air and gets a thousand dollar fine every time he says it on air, and he says, "You know what? That's okay." <laughs> because, because as far as Cody Rhodes is concerned, it is a belt, and it yeah. is a belt. <laughs> It's yeah. not a strap of leather that the you know the barber you know you know sharpens the razor on. Right. It is a it is a championship belt. Yeah. Worn by someone who's earned it. Right. It it is the it is the token of said accomplishment. Like. Yeah. 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 But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I would not be surprised to see a few more people who got cut last year and uh, the immense roster cuts they were doing. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see a few people come back now that Triple H is running things. I think you're going to see some people come back. I think you're going to see some people jump ship from AEW too. And Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. It's like I'm loving AEW, but I'm also loving the idea that, you know, WWE could be good again. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, that's I, yeah, I can watch yeah. both. It's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I've done it before. I, but. I used to watch both, and then he yeah. got so bad that I just couldn't watch it anymore. But right. I watched Power Slam. It had some fun moments. Um, Raw wasn't bad last week, so I don't know. Or this week. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm actually going to try and check out SmackDown tonight. So, yeah. Yeah, I usually kind of skip SmackDown unless I, I hear something really important happen on there. But, yeah, but but yeah, it's so like okay. Well, let's maybe WWE is starting to kind of come back a little bit. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. Time will tell. I mean, they still got an excellent roster. If they would just stop changing people's names to stupid things. Yeah, that's the thing that kills me with them is just changing the people's names. Like Eos, like she is never going to be Eo Sky to me. She's going to be Eo Shirai, and I'm like, just that's what bothers. Vince is gone. You don't have to do that anymore. Like, Bring back Walter. Screw yes. Them. Gunther stuff. Bring yeah, back Gunther Walter. stuff. I'm not. I'm tired of calling him Butch. His name's Pete Dunn. You know. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. I want to call him Matt Riddle. I want to say Austin Theory. You know. <laughs> but, Why would you call somebody Theory anyway? That's just a stupid. Yeah. You know, like, it's a stupid one name name to have. Right. Yeah. You know, but but yeah. yeah. We, we we shall see. Time will tell. But uh, yeah, but yeah, but I'm like, but yeah, going back to the Batgirl thing, I, I'm, I'm with you. I think at one point we will see this. Um, the interesting thing, though, I was reading another article that uh, apparently Walter Hermata, who's currently running DC Films, looks like he might be on the way out, um, and he's the, basically the guy responsible for kind of the okay, the Snyderverse failed according to DC, and so this guy was supposed to take over and still be releasing tentpole. Films like Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash, but then also have extended universe stuff that was, you know, taking chances like the animated Harley Quinn series or the Joker 
or you know the the batman or you know even suicide squad but still have some sort of interconnectivity going on in a plan and we know the results of that yeah so so apparently he might i would say by the end of the year he's going to be out and somebody new is going to be in charge um i know the people who are currently in charge of things kind of had said earlier like look we kind of want to bring some of the other DC heroes that aren't Batman back to their prominence, you know, Superman, Wonder Woman, you know, make these people household names again and, you know, make right. them big stars and stuff like that. So, you know, and then also kind of giving more attention to other characters within the DC universe that haven't been, you know, on film yet. Right. So, I, I, mean, think, okay. I, I think, I think DC probably would do better to lean away from what Marvel is doing. Because they, they failed it at the first time of trying to do the whole, like, the Marvel shared universe. They tried to copy it, and it just didn't work. And, it, you know, there were some good movies in there. It's like I was actually a fan of this. I'm a Zack Snyder fan, like, you know, of his stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, for, for the most part, it just it sucked. Uh, but if DC would just instead make focus on making good movies about the specific character that they're trying to make it about, and and not try and tie it into some grand like you know design or make it a trilogy or you know whatever like you know just one good two hour story and yeah make that fine like you know if the story involves using one of the actors from another movie you know to you know cameos here great so be it it doesn't mean that you know the third movie is going to be the ultimate team up movie where, you know, any of that happens. It's just, it's fun. Like, I I think this whole continuity shared universe thing has really programmed us badly now. And not, not that it's a bad thing, but just that we want to see it in everything. And I just want to see stories again. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the best example of being a standalone you know, film or show or whatever else in the DC universe, but still acknowledging other things in the DC universe is James Gunn's contribution of Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. Because in Suicide Squad, we're referencing other heroes, we're seeing villains or creatures we never would have thought we had would see on film and in accurate ways. Or on Peacemaker, we're referencing Batmite. You know, we're referencing... Green Arrow, but we're never going to see Green Arrow. You know, uh, right. we're talking, you know, we're talking, you know, stuff about the Justice League, and hey, you know, Aquaman and Flash show up at the end. You know, so like you said, you, you, they can do it, and just there doesn't have to be a big, you know, like basically Marvel has their sagas that they like doing, right? You know, basically just have it where you know have your standalone stuff and. Just acknowledge that, you know, oh, yeah, Batman's over there in Gotham. He's doing his thing. And Superman's over Metropolis, you know, right. those guys. But, yeah, you don't have to have a big, you know, overarching storyline, you know, right. unless you adapt a crisis on Infinite Earths or a Blackest Night or, right. yeah. you know, or something, you know? Right. Yeah. Just don't make it like, you know, there's ways to even do that stuff where you could. You could do those event movies, but you know, not have them tied into a larger continuity, and okay. yeah, and and I think that's part of the reason why I'm enjoying the black label stuff so much that DC is printing. It's because it can still be referential to things that happened in the past, and there's a continuity to it, 
but you don't have to sit here and go, it's like, okay, so does this happen before this event or this event? Because such and so shouldn't have this power at this time. You know, it's that stuff that drives you nuts. That's the stuff that I, I get lost in with continuity and it just drives me crazy. And I just, yeah, I just, I, I miss the idea. Like, I want it to be like a James Bond movie where I can just pick any one of them out of the lineup and pop it in and it's a movie complete and undo itself. Like, yeah. yeah. Excellent point. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Yeah, some of the black label stuff, or at least, you know, it's fun to just have, you know, uh, you know, sometimes the regular format comics, they like to do larger miniseries of, you know, sandbox stuff, where you can basically right. take a character, put them in a stager situation, and maybe they won't make it out alive at the end. And, you know, there you go. But, you know, it's a different setting. But, you know, in these ways, you know, the, the black label stuff is a little like, maybe like to do like three or four issues. Um, but yeah, some of the best ones been like the Wonder Woman Dead Earth series that yeah. uh, Daniel Johnson did, where basically it's like Wonder Woman in the far future, post-apocalyptic, where all the heroes and villains are forgotten. Yeah. You know, like that. So it's kind of a, a Rip Van Winkle sort of thing. Um, you know, the, the current Rogue series right now is a lot of fun. It's basically Right, yeah. Oh, I'm loving that series. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's the 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 classic you know rogues from Fl the Flash, his you know like Captain Cold and Golden Glider and Heatwave and all them. Yeah, but kind of like a heist kind of you know storyline, and there's no Flash in it whatsoever. Yeah, yeah it feels very grindhousey. Like it, it's it's great. Yeah, we're three issues in so far, no Flash. So, <clears throat> so enjoying that. Um, the Batman One Dark Knight series that Jock did was a lot of fun. I mean, basically, you want just like a a hard driving action series with a great premise of like, you know, Gotham got hit by an EMP villain and everything's blacked out. And Batman's got to do a prison transfer from one side of Gotham to the other. And in between are all the crazy gang people that want to stop him or kill this dude, or recruit him or whatever else. Yeah. And has no gadgets, no vehicles, no contact with Alfred because everything's blacked out. <laughs> a lot of fun. Oh uh, yeah. Or the one I talked about the Aquaman Andromeda. That's you know, it's an Aquaman horror yeah. series. Yeah, that book is just that book's blowing my mind. Like yeah. just yeah. I've never expected to be is into a is into an underwater like an Aquaman horror story. Never expected to be. Yeah, uh, the Mini Death Deaths of Vic Sage was another one that I thought was really good. Uh what's that? The Mini oh, Deaths of Vic Sage. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that, I thought that was one of the best question stories I've read. I'm a huge Vic Sage mark anyway, but <laughs> yeah, I, I need to read that one. I, you told me how good that one is, so yeah, yeah you got a chance to check it out. Yeah, or other history of the DC universe. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got me the Renee Montoya one of that thing. That thing was fantastic, yeah, and those were good too. That was a, because it was a five part series, but each issue was a standalone because it was basically just from the point of view of a minority character and their experience within the DC universe through a honest lens. You know? Right. So, yeah. you know, uh, Black Lightning, Katana, uh, Renee Montoya, uh, Thunder, and, um, oh, um, basically the, 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 two, the, the married couple from the Titans. Oh, gosh. Hawk and Dove. I no, not, not no, Hawk and Dove. Uh, uh, well, uh, <laughs> crap. Uh. <laughs> Malcolm and Karen are their names. I can't remember their superhero names, for God's sakes. Yeah. 
But you have anyway, too many drama too, but yeah. Yeah, but yeah, so you get, you know, you get, you know uh, from them, and then I think like the last issue is uh, Lightning, uh, Black Lightning's oldest or youngest daughter. So you get, you know, get a you know issue from her perspective. So yeah, just really, really cool stuff there. So yeah, so yeah, I think if DC takes a page from that, and maybe you know we see more movies, you know, like Joker or like Batman, where we basically take a more you know adult approach uh, right. to you know, our you know known heroes, maybe you know you know a little more you know closer to R-rated sort of stuff that DC really hasn't gone into. You know, they, yeah. They, you know, so you know, or just. Odd settings, like I mean, you know, they keep saying they want to do a new Superman movie, and Henry Cable wants to come back. That's cool. I, I wouldn't mind right. seeing that. All you know, the further story. I also wouldn't mind seeing you know a Superman story with Calvin Johnson in it. You know, the, the Earth twenty three Superman. You know, the, yeah. the black Superman. You know, that'd be pretty cool too. So yeah. So yeah, there's there's a lot of possibility, and I think I, I'm hoping that DC kind of really get serious about their film stuff there because that's really they, they've just been hurting for years and like you said on occasion we get an accidental good movie yeah <laughs> yeah but in wow. in the background movie itself like it's from i didn't even know that this movie was existing until i heard that it was canceled uh and that's not to say anything I, i'm just not as good at following movie news as what i used to be but so hearing some of the stuff like hearing brennan frazier was supposed to be firefly like <laughs> I thought that would be pretty cool because I mean he's great in Doom Patrol, but just to see him, you know, as you know, a, a villainous version of Batman that's for hire, or wait, was that Killer Moth? That's Killer Moth. Fire Firefly yeah, yeah. is basically Fire Maniac. Okay, yeah, he, yeah. He's basically similar to Heat Wave, but he's in a flying suit. Okay, okay. So he's he flies around and has the flamethrower, but also, there's a fire bug and stuff like that. So, um, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, which is really weird. DC would have two tech-oriented fire-based villains. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, but Heat Wave just has a gun, whereas Firefly's got a whole getup. You know, he's got a, a suit, right. weaponry, and all that kind of thing. But um, yeah, I've been following the the production of this one for a while because originally. This was going to be a series for HBO Max. Then they just said, no, 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 we're going to make it a movie. Okay. No, 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 we're going to release it theatrically. Oh, okay. I guess that means it's good. And then, okay, we, you know, cast, um, uh, I can't remember the actress, Leslie Javica, I think was her name. You know, cast her as Barbara Gordon. Suit looked pretty right. accurate and cool. And then J.K. Simmons is coming back as Commissioner Gordon. Wait, that's Snyderverse. And then, wait, Michael Keaton is reprising his role as Batman? What the heck? Where does this movie take place? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the, and be, is it, we have a Michael Keaton Batman, is it because of the events of the upcoming Flash movie where he also appears as Batman? Right. You know, so there's a lot of confusion of kind of, you know, from the fans paying attention to this sort of stuff here. But then they're like, oh, well, no, we're going to go ahead and kill it entirely. Like, so, and what strikes me is, is it because basically the, we would have to explain why Michael Keaton is Batman again? You know, <laughs> it, it, you know or why, you know, it's, I mean, of course, it, the, the whole idea with that is basically like, he's been Batman for a while and, you know, Barbara Gordon comes in and without any training decides she wants to do it, can do it better. And it's kind of like a legacy handoff sort of thing. You know, right. like the, the, 
suppose like the ending of the movie is like, you know, the two of them kind of like jumping off a building together. So that, you know, Batman's accepted her as a, you know, an equal partner sort of thing like that. So, yeah. And I heard there was also something too, where uh, they wanted to, to basically write Batman as a male out and leave it with Batgirl and then yeah. uh, have Superman uh, transition in the Supergirl movie. Or whatever, which now the Supergirl movie is in question, or something along this line. Why, isn't like, Supergirl in the Flash movie? Like, don't we have a Supergirl? Can't, I have can't. no idea who is in this Flash movie anymore at this point. Like, I, I keep hearing, like, you could tell me that, you know, Pastepot Pete is in there for, and he's a B level Marvel guy. And I'd be like, wow, cool, they got him. You know, yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I, I see. It. Yeah, so there's 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 definitely some confusion going on of what's to come for some of this, you know, DC stuff. So yeah, so I don't know, but yeah, I, I could have swore there's another Supergirl that actress that was cast. And I'm pretty sure she's gonna be in Flash. So I'm not 100 yeah, sure that's, on that one. So. Yeah, I, um, I have no knowledge on that one. Uh, and then, of course, the recent reports that Pace, uh, apparently Ben Affleck is reprising his role as Batman to be in Aquaman two. Yeah, that yeah. I heard, I... So it, is the Snyderverse back? I mean, yeah, you know, one would think. Which yeah. you know, it, if you use it as a foundation, that's cool, and you know, I, I mean, you don't have to follow plot points with it or anything. But also, too, I keep thinking we're going to see this Batgirl movie because it doesn't make sense for them to not release it, and this is just great marketing for it anyway. Even, you know, even if it is awful at this point, people are going to watch it just to see if it's bad. Uh, yeah. I mean, one review I did read basically was, you know, the person was saying that it's like a mediocre television episode. So it didn't feel like a big movie. It felt like something that was on T like on the CW with a bigger budget. So, so they just watched the birds of prey series from a couple of years there. Well, do 20 years ago now that yeah, Dina right. Meyer was in. Yeah. Oh gosh. That right, was right. so awful. <laughs> I like yeah, how so I even had like, I even had like, you know, the Valley girl. I roll. It was so awful. We're talking about birds of you, you really did. Yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was very well executed. Thank you. Thank uh, you. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So I, I, I'm just, yeah, I, I'm really curious to see where things will go from here. I, I they, they definitely need to get their act together. They need somebody they need a Kevin Feige or a Dave Filoni. They, I've said this before. They need a show yeah. that's kind of overseeing all the stuff, even if they are doing a shared universe stuff, you right. know, or leading to a big event. You know, like, you know, I would still love to see, I mean, you know, where the Snyderverse was headed with their, con, you know, you know, basically ultimate conclusion with Darkseid. Right. I'd still love to see that because the Snyder cut got me interested in that again. But I don't know. Yeah. Time will certainly tell, but yeah, it's a, it's <laughs> it is a crazy little mixed-up world out there. Yeah, it is indeed. <laughs> even in even in the geek stuff, there. But, uh, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, well, sir, I think we're going to wrap it up here because yeah, I think we've kind of run the gamut of stuff we were going to talk about here. I, I do, I do believe you're correct, sir. I think even though that's we didn't okay. plan, but. We somehow formed a plan in there. So. I mean, this is what we do. Like, you know, you just kind of give us an open forum and, you know, we can fill up almost an hour. So, <laughs> you know, now, this is what we used to do in the TV studio. And Joe would just get so mad at us because, you know, it's like you're at 45 minutes now and it was supposed to be half an hour. 
I didn't. I, I get other people were like, "Oh man, I'm so impressed you guys got to go that long and whatnot." I was like, "Yeah, Joe didn't like." It. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It, you know, he was just trying to keep us, you know, our content engaging and whatnot instead of just right, right. So, but you know what? I mean, where we're gonna have <laughs> cheer and that stuff. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Again, for joining me here on the forum this week. Always a pleasure. Thank you again for having me. Of course, man. So, well, you folks out there in uh, Fanatic Land, have yourself a good weekend. Go watch some stuff. Uh, I want to hear what you guys think about uh, uh, Prey, uh, you know, Sandman, whatever else you guys are watching out there. Oh, I finally got to see everything everywhere all at once. Amazing movie. I keep hearing good things about that. I'm going to have to check it out. Five stars, 10 out of 10, highest recommendation. It is a perfect movie. I mean, the, the multiverse stuff is original and how it's done in their approach. It's, you know, understandable for folks, but the movie still has a message, uh, has some heart and emotion to it. And it really kind of has something for everybody. I mean, there's, there's action, there's romance, there's some drama, you know, family stuff, there's, you know, suspense and whatever else. Um, and, you know, if you haven't, if you've kind of forgot how awesome of a Kung Fu artist Michelle Yeoh is, like, you know, maybe the last time oh, you yeah. saw her with rich Asians or you forgot that, you know, 20 some odd years ago she was in Crouching Tiger and was part of Jackie Chan's stunt team and all that kind of stuff. Back yeah, in the day. Super Cop. Yeah, the... yeah. She reminds you of how badass she is. Um, yeah, and then of course, um, uh, uh, Q Hyung Lee, I think, was the, the actor who basically you know, we knew him from the Goonies and from uh, uh, Indiana Jones Temple of Doom. Oh, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. This is his return, and he almost steals the movie. And apparently, he also is a badass kung fu artist, so I did not know this. Uh, but yeah, so oh, and uh, James Hong is in it as well. And I mean, come on, you know, yeah. He plays the grandfather, of course, because he's he's the older character, older guy. But right, yeah, he's awesome in the movie. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is amazing. Like I've never seen a performance like this from her. So yeah, highest recommendation. Go see this movie today. I will have to check this out. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm I kicked myself that I didn't see this in the theaters. So Dang. yeah, I I, I I wanted to see it in theaters and I didn't get out to do that. And I'm kicking myself for not seeing that. But yeah, it, the highest recommendation. I, I haven't been pumped this much about a movie in a long time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So there you All go. Right. Leaving you with one last little note there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate right. it, sir. Will you, sir, have a good one? And I will see you shortly for some wrestling. All right. Sounds good. We got some rampage tonight. So Yes, we do. Not, not at old man time, but we got to stay up. <laughs> oh, no. man rampage hockey yeah. needs to come you can have wrestling on a five o'clock <laughs> right <laughs> that's awesome oh. all right sir you have an excellent one i'll see you shortly man all right brother take care you do brother all right folks you guys have yourselves an excellent weekend and we will see you next time on the fanatic forum y'all take care